Welcome in. This is your Wednesday live chat for this week's Val Spar Championship brought to you by my friends over at Jock Market. That's Stock Market DFS. We'll certainly be talking about them in just a few minutes. But this next hour or so is your time. And I appreciate the flexibility. We are a few hours later than normal. Weird week. Got to kick it back to what time is it? 6 p.m. Eastern time. But the good news is I've already got lunch inside of me. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling strong. Let's jump right into this because I'm sure Andrew has a really great golf question. No, he says, I know wrong chat, but regarding your March Madness bracket, you mentioned to have the local team knocked out earlier than expected. If it is Kansas, would you have them lose in the final to Kentucky or earlier? Let's get this out of the way right now. I created a March Madness uh, optimal bracket video that you can go and check out on my YouTube channel, which is where you probably are right now. It's math-based. I don't know anything about any of these teams. The argument is if you're in a pool with a lot of people who are going to pick, for example, Kansas, uh, you should not pick Kansas. I just think, Andrew, you're probably fine not having them win at all. Uh, most uh, very local squares just have whatever team they like. Winning it all, if you don't do that, you're probably in pretty good shape. Hey, Rick, is there anybody you would take a flyer on at the flat min $6,000? Let's see who is even available at the flat min $6,000. And I'll get myself out of the way here. And I'm working with a little bit of a different setup this week. So bear with me as I try to get this all figured out. Options, Davis Love, uh, no. Sorry, I don't have a better answer for you. I am not rostering Omar Uresti, Tommy Ganey. Tommy Ganey would be the only one because he plays like legitimate Corn Fairy Tour events on a regular basis. Uh, no, I would not roster anybody else. Rick, amazing info as always. Thank you. I ended up with a core of Hadwin, Kisner, Knox, and Norn, and I really like it. Any red flag here? I could finish with two mid-tier guys or a star scrubs in the final two spot. No, these guys are all... I mean, the only red flag that you would find is that these guys are all going to be... I imagine fairly popular. I'm seeing Hadwin check in at about 15%. I'm seeing Kisner at, well, seven. That's fine. Russell Knox at 19 and Alex Norin at nine. So it's not the worst core I've ever seen. Um, maybe a little bit on the chalky side. Hey, Mr. Gaiman, thank you for your content. Could you tell me what you think of Terrell Hatton this week? Okay, sure. No problem. Let's do this. So uh, let me get this set up here. So we'll go to Terrell Hatton. And I will make sure to share my screen with you. There we go. Okay, now we're rocking and rolling. So here's what I see with old Terrell. Uh, good stuff that we've got from him in terms of the strokes gain total department. He's five in a row gaining multiple strokes to the field. Now, half of those are European tour events. And you've got some, uh, you know, the last two are PGA tour events. I'm really worried about this column. The fact that the vast majority of those strokes are coming in the putting category is concerning. We've got uh, eight and a half strokes gained with the flat stick at the players championship, 7.9 at the API. He's gained less than a stroke on approach in both of those events. That's a little bit concerning. I'm not uh, particularly thrilled. Let's look at his other stuff here. Not very accurate off the tee. That's going to be an issue. And the longer clubs in, the worse he gets. Yeah, this is tough. This is tough, Mary. I, I think we're, we're probably taking a pass on, on Terrell this week. Deep dive on Kisner asked Daniel. Uh, sure. So we can do this. The, the best part about the setup for Kisner is that this course uh, is probably closer to Harbor Town and, and, and Sea Island than a lot of the other Florida courses. So you're asking... 
Kisner to be accurate off the tee, which he is dropped from first to third in terms of drive driving accuracy um, last week. He's pretty darn good in all of these iron ranges from 125 to even 225. He's always going to be a bit reliant on the short game, but this is probably one of the better spots that you want to get access to old Kevin Kisner. So I don't think it's too bad. Good day, Rick. Good day, Ed. The DK pricing is tighter and the field is weaker than it seemed at first look. Is this setting up to be a good week for studs and duds or balanced builds? So it's strange, right? Because um, I would really love to get access to the guys at the top, the 10K guys, your Justin Thomas, your Victor Hovland, your Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, Dustin Johnson. I love access to those guys, but I really don't want to step into the 6K range. So I, I think if you forced me to, I would prefer if you probably start in the nines. I will tell you that for my uh, kind of bigger single, single entry, I started with Dustin Johnson. And that was kind of my compromise to this exact question, Ed, because I wanted to get access to a top-tier guy, but I did not necessarily want to go down too far into the sixes. And that is the way that I did that. Although I, did, I will tell you, I, I played a guy... Um, pretty far down in the $6,000 range. And then I piled up on the, on the mid seven K guys trying to convince my friends that Xander isn't the play this week and go with DJ. Am I wrong? Golf's weird, right? I mean, your range of outcomes for both of these guys is completely different. Uh, more often than not, Xander Shoffley probably finishes T12, uh, more often and DJ might win more often and also might miss the cut more often. So there's not really a right answer to this. It's going to depend on how you want to deploy said golfer. Um, the Xander stuff is interesting. We can do a little bit of a deep dive on Xander here. So just give me one second to, to pull this up. And I'll get you flipped over to the to the right screen. There we go. Um, you know, he's been fairly inaccurate off the tee. The gains that you're seeing with strokes gained off the tee, a lot of them are coming from distance, which is not necessarily a prerequisite for success around this golf course. Then you look at his recent results, you know, loses three and a half strokes at the at the players' championship on approach. You can throw that out the window. Just don't even worry about that. He was in the absolute worst of it. So outside of that, you're looking at a fairly well-rounded golfer and fairly, fairly well-rounded golfers get you like a lot of T12s, a lot of T18, stuff like that. Dustin Johnson, um, I'm starting to see the breadcrumbs a little bit more and i think he's worth it for kind of that higher upside type play hey rick i'm putting together my core for gpp and i have sixty five hundred dollars left would you go with smotherman or is there someone you like better smotherman's fine if you want to do the smotherman deep dive he is a very good ball striker and improved putter in a very small sample size the other option that you could go with dan is kurt kitayama kurt kitayama not only had that third place finish at the honda classic but then he also uh, played well enough at the Puerto Rico Open. I think he had a top 30 there. A, a course that's not really going to ask for distance is probably one of the better setups for Kitayama. So I'm fine with either one of those two golfers. I'm thinking of a top-heavy lineup this week and struggling with the two lower-end guys. Who are your favorites out of Nick Taylor, Kurt Kitayama, Pat Perez, Doc Redman, or any others? Well, that's a good segue into Kurt Kitayama, so I'll just roll with him. And then probably Doc here. Uh, I, I just... Um, I feel like I've been saying this for six months, but we all like we're still getting some small positive trends for Doc. And tough driving courses are always the ones that he thinks he's best at. Um, I would probably roll with Kurt 
and Doc, although I'm not super thrilled of it. How much DJ will you have this week? Was his record round on Sunday enough for you to want to play him at all this week at a lowish ownership? Yeah, so as I'm kind of alluding to here, TJ, I've got a lot of Dustin Johnson this week. And there is, I've, I actually bet him out, right? And I've got him in my single entry, which um, is probably the most exposure I've had to DJ in quite some time. The idea of not being able, like I can't predict Dustin Johnson correctly. So if I can't predict him correctly, there are at least a couple of checkboxes that he gives me this week. One, low ownership. You nailed it. Uh, two, longer odds than some of these other guys at the top of the board, right? So I think I got him at 18 to 1. I, no, I might have even gotten him at, at, at longer than that. I'd have to pull up my card. But I get him at long odds. I get him at low ownership. Uh, I get a guy who's coming off a course record on Sunday, probably feeling pretty good. There's also a couple of through lines that I think about uh, with the Copperhead course. There are long par threes all over 190 yards, and there are par fives. If you can take advantage of those, the five threes that are over 190 and the fives, you're in great shape. And that's exactly what Dustin Johnson does. Uh, do I worry about this because he's liable to eject? I do, but I think this week more than most is probably the right time to play him. Hey, Rick says Sid, top 20 in the run good one and done. And I was going to play someone safer like Hatton or Lowry. I do not think those guys are safe. But now I'm thinking this could be an opportunity, an interesting opportunity to take a shot at Webb or Brooks. Sid, we need to, I think we need to reevaluate your idea of safety, my friend. Um, I'm, I'm concerned for you. So boy, I don't think Hatton or Lowry are all that safe. If you were going for safe in a top 20 type of one and done front running situation, I mean, I'd almost rather prefer nor I'd almost prefer Norin or Hadwin in that in that spot. Weber Brooks. So I got to admit, the understanding that I had about Webb's injury was that he was going to be out a long time uh, through the Masters and all that stuff. Good to see him back. No idea the state of his game. That is really uh, scary. Brooks is at least someone we've seen play. And has a couple of good finishes, but I, I, I honestly think you're, you're outside the box here. If you're top twenty in your in in the one and done, I think you can go much much safer. Norin, Hadwin, Keegan, um, are all I think better options there, just in terms of safety and the front running aspect of it. Hey Rick, thanks for all the great content. Thank you. Who are some of the lower owned guys, eight K and above? All right, so here is the cheat sheet. So we'll look at projected ownership. 8K and above lower owned guys. I'll go by tier here. Xander and DJ in the $10,000 range are certainly your pivot plays. Uh, Shane Lowry, Terrell Hatton, the non-safe guys are your pivot plays in the nines, along with Brooks Kepka and Tommy Fleetwood. The eights are basically everybody in the top half. Uh, a lot of the ownership congregating around Russell Knox at 8,100 and Keegan Bradley at uh, 8,400. Outside of that, a little love for Gary Woodland, a little love for Webb Simpson. If you go with Bubba or Norin or HV3, that is probably your ownership pivots. I will tell you, and I, I, I sent this out in my Run Good Rundown. It's a weekly newsletter. So if you're not subscribed to that, um, you can do so in the, in the description below. I'm, I'm going to talk a lot about these long par threes. It's a unique aspect of the golf course, and there's five of them. Also a unique number of those par threes. And there are guys who are much better on long par threes than others. HV3 is one of them. Alex Noren is one of them. So um, I don't think they're all that bad of, of pivots. A couple of books really need to stop putting Johnny Vegas at really long odds. I'm going to waste all my Scheffler money on him before the season's up. Yep, there you go. Smash the like button, says DFS Chef. Thank you much. Deep dive on Bezayden. Thoughts on pivoting to him at projected 6% and 
Oh, versus wise at 11%. Also, who would you choose? Morikawa, Bubba, Morikawa and Bubba, or Usti and Lowry? Probably Morikawa and Bubba. I'm not sure it's all that close, to be honest with you. I don't, I like Lowry. I'm not necessarily seeing it this week. I don't think this is a great setup for him. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't. I think Morikawa, it's a much better setup. And I think Bubba's got the track record, 22 rounds, a stroke and a half per round, have the track record to prove that that is a better setup for him. I would I would prefer Wise at 11% than Bazay and Hood at 6%. This is just one last crack at Wise. One, one last Florida, hope he finds a hot putter, crack at it, and then we can go back to uh, not caring about him anymore. Hey, Rick. Good day, sir. Any the, the, the greetings I've gotten today. Good day, mate. Good day, sir. I'm quite honored. You guys in the afternoon after lunch are, are, are much kinder. Any guys looking good to you to place top 10 or top five? I need to place a few bets. I need to place a few of these free bets and prize picks won't let Arizona bet. So that's a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. Um, okay. So top five, top 10. I usually go further down the board. I don't necessarily let, you know, you could take Louis Eustace for I don't know, plus 250 or something outrageous. But I like to go a little bit further down the board here. So let me look through the cheat sheet. Um, There are guys like Adam Svensson who have shown the ability to pop inside the top 10 that I think are interesting. There are guys like, um, I mean, Russell Knox, we kind of already talked about. I mean, I keep going back to Alex Noren, right? Alex Noren, this should be one of the better setups for him. I would I would focus on those guys more than like the top of the board. If you want a really really deep flyer, I would think this is probably an okay spot for Joel Damon. Not great, but okay. My main man Rick, any corn fairy number? Uh, oh, do you like any corn fairy numbers this week? See a couple familiar bombers and have a couple of extra bucks to spend. I'll be honest with you, Hove. Um, it's been a weird week. I've been doing a lot of stuff in two days instead of three. I've not gotten to the KFT board yet, so I wish I could give you a uh, a better assessment, but I certainly uh, cannot. Sean has a super chat here, which is uh, never required, always appreciated. It says, thoughts on Kepka this week. So I'm notoriously bad at trying to figure out what the deal is with Brooks Kepka, but let's take a little bit of a, a gander at him here, pulling him up on the golfer's profile. So, um, this right here, big concern, 177th in driving accuracy. The reason I keep going back to that, and I apologize if I haven't explained this, you know, there there is um, there's a tree lined aspect to the Copperhead course, and there's a lot of dog legs. And actually, statistically, it is one of the shorter uh, driving courses. So, like, if you just take the average distance distance of all drives, it's on the shorter side on the PGA Tour. The reason for that is you have a lot of guys playing to the end of the dog leg. Places you see, other places you see that Pebble Beach, everybody plays to the same spot. RBC Heritage, everybody plays to kind of the dog legs, and you have to be playing out of the fairway. So, there's a lot of common threads there. If you are missing the fairway by a mile, you're in huge trouble. And that's what I wonder about Brooks Kepka this week. So that worries me. Um, certainly the fact that he's 177th in, in driving accuracy. We look at some of the advanced metrics. Again, you can throw out the player's championship stuff. He loses four strokes on approach. A lot of that came at 17 alone in windy conditions, but we still have not found a good putter. We still have not found a good putter outside of a place that he's had um, really great success at, which is Phoenix. And you look at his history here, one start is eight years ago and he missed the cut. I don't think I can support all that much of, of uh, Brooks Kepka this week. Thank you for the super chat though. 
Hey, Rick, should we put any stock in? Oh, I, hold on. Let me try this one first. Thoughts on Varner for this week. So I am not uh, a huge Varner guy. You know, I always worry about the upside with HV3, right? We have seen him at times touch the lead and kind of evaporate into thin air, but we got a really good statistical output from him at the Players' Championship. Of course, he won in Saudi Arabia a couple of weeks ago, and I mentioned uh, there's probably nobody better on tour on long par threes. So if you put stock in that, then I think you have to consider Howard Varner the third more than most weeks this week. How much stock should we put into Keegan Bradley? Asked Joe. Well, um, I, I, again, I think like if you removed Keegan's name, you'd probably be pretty excited about him, right? You've got a guy who uh, not only finished runner up here last year, but had himself a good players championship despite the fact that he coughed up two strokes on a stupid penalty that probably wasn't his fault we coughed up um uh you know three shots coming in over the final two holes on 17 and 18 still finished fifth was phenomenal from t to green i think that he was like the second best player in the field in strokes gain total over the final three rounds i mean that's really impressive stuff in that field so i i think we do have to consider it. What we also have to uh, consider is uh, the jock market. Yeah, okay, the jock market. So um, this is a live chat that's brought to you by my friends over at Jock Market. And if you haven't played, it's phenomenal. You've got stock market DFS. You can buy, you can sell, you can short shares of athletes. I often talk about golfers, but obviously the NBA is in full swing. Baseball is going to be back soon. They're doing NASCAR now. There's hockey. There's just a lot going on. It's a great time to be a sports fan. And Jock market is uh, the best I've ever seen at this stock market DFS thing. You know, there have been others who have tried this. Nobody's been able to pull it off quite as well as they have. And if you want to start looking at kind of the results, it's really fun. So I tweeted this out, but uh, last week, Honorban Lahiri set a record. He actually set the record for the highest ROI ever. So he sold last week for a dollar and 23 cents a share because he finished second. He got the $20 a share payout. That is a 1500% ROI. If you look at every event ever, that's the highest ROI ever. Robert Streb winning the RSM classic was up there. Brian Gay winning in Bermuda was up there. Martin Trainer finishing what fourth at, uh, or fifth at, at the Houston open that's up there as well. So it's a really fun little game, different style. Joe Idonia and myself, we do a power hour every Wednesday night. We take you through the final hour of the IPO phase, which is when you can bid on shares of, of golfers. Uh, that's tonight at 8 15 PM Eastern time. So check in, stop by, we'll give away a little bit of money and you can use the code Rick. If you're signing up at jock market, because, uh, it helps me, it helps you. What is the biggest reach you would consider? In one and done, asked Drew the baller. Hmm. Hadwin, probably. Uh, again, there's just, you know, you don't have to go too far down the list most weeks, right? There's only 35, 40 events. Even if you're playing a lot more than that, you're doing like 50. But like Hadwin, probably be the biggest reach. Um, I think Norin is less of a reach than that. So I'm going to say Hadwin. Bro, that's the name on here. It says Rick. You are killing it career-wise, which is uh, very much deserved, and we all hope you continue to crush it. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. The next part says, we have to know who is the most famous contact in your phone right now besides uh, Victor Hovland. Um, listen, the, the, it's very much golf-oriented. Okay. If, if, you, if you look through the contact list, I think, I think you'd be impressed. I think you'd be impressed, but it's very golf-oriented. So I don't know if it is... Um, 
like famous people. Like outside of golf, I don't have anybody famous, but I've got famous people in golf and people that I think you'd be impressed with. Um, I will say um, the newest addition is Bo Hostler. Bo Hostler and I recorded a podcast, 300 Yards to Unknown today uh, at the win. He was remote. I was at the win, but we've recorded that very nice guy. So he's the newest addition to the uh, to to the contact list. So I will have that out next week. But that was a lot of fun. Also, huge shout out to all the people. So I don't know if you guys know the the wind studio that we have at Blue Wire. There, it, it looks out into the lobby at the win, and there are people giving me the thumbs up, wave, and saying what's up, Rick, through the window. Very much appreciate everybody coming out. Um, can we take a peek at Emiliano Grillo and how he's been doing from T to green? I love his fit for this course, but I do not want a Grillo that hasn't been ball striking it. Okay. So let's do this. Let me share this tab. Sorry. Just getting used to my new little setup here. Hopefully this is a little bit easier to read if you're watching on YouTube in real time. So here's Emiliano and that's a name we haven't really talked about a lot recently, right? I mean, very accurate off the tee. Actually, fairly long off the tee. Oh, boy. Oh, 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 boy. Okay. Lost seven and... Oh, my God. Lost seven and a half strokes on approach at the Players' Championship, but I'm going to assume we can just throw that out. No problem there. Even if we throw that out, lost strokes on approach at Genesis, lost strokes on approach in Phoenix, lost strokes in Sony, lost strokes at the RSM. The most he's gained this year is two on approach. Hemorrhaging around the green hemorrhaging with the putter. This might be the worst ball striking stretch of his career. No, that was bad there. Uh, basically the same time last year was pretty bad. This might not be his time of year, but that's it. We're in pretty, Oh, here's another bad stretch. The end of 2017. We're in pretty historically bad Emiliano Grillo territory, Brian. I'm, I'm worried about that. Two V two for GPPs, Morikawa, Bubba, Hatton or Burns. Still Morikawa and Bubba. What up, Rick? says Fritz. You and Andy are crushing it. Thank you. Keep up the awesome work. Are there any lower owned names you've warmed up this week versus any higher owned names that you've cooled on? Okay, cool. Yeah. So let's do this. Now it's a shorter week. So I've had less time to warm and cool on these golfers, but I was a little bit surprised when the ownership uh, came out, you know, the DJ stuff and uh, DJ and Xander, uh, both 10 K uh, or more, both basically 12% owned or less like Sure. If there's ever a place to just like close your eyes and say, I'm going to bank on the long-term form of this guy, it's the 10 K range. And it's with two studs. I like pivoting there feels like the, the best play. Um, the Coke rack stuff is probably the guy I've cooled on the most, you know, Coke rack at 22%, which for my money might be some of the highest owned on the slate. Like I get it. He's got the three really good finishes here, but I'm, I'm probably okay going without Coke rack. Um, and then Russell Knox, as much as I love Russell Knox, I, I really like the bottom of the eights, the top of the sevens. I, I don't think I'll get there on a 20% owned Russell Knox. So that's just kind of the way uh, I feel about it. Hi, Rick. If you've had lunch already, can you do another 30 minutes? <sighs> probably not. No, 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 no. I mean, if the questions are really good and we're feeling it maybe, but uh, I, I've got, I've also got a jock market power hour to do tonight. Hey, Rick uh, and Mina. Oh, she, oh, hello. Does the rain so far this week help or hurt scoring on Thursday? Less rollout on fairways, but easier to hit and stick to greens. Thanks and pet your dog for me. Yeah, that's all Oliver, man. He lives the dream. My next life, I want to come back as him. The rain is almost always going to help here because you're absolutely right. So hard and fast conditions would make this a lot harder where guys are trying to hit the fairway. The ball's rolling through the fairway. It rolls two yards too far. They're behind a tree, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, and also it would be harder to hold greens. The the rain that Florida has seen in the past couple of weeks, as we all know, uh, definitely helps guys hit fairways. It always does, and then helps guys hold green. So yeah, scoring should be should be okay. Awesome work, bro. Big question. Who do you think is playing better this weekend, JT or DJ? I'm heavily invested in DJ. Wouldn't be surprised if it's JT, but I'll go with DJ. Looks a little windier on Friday afternoon. Any thoughts on stacking PMAM or have we learned our lesson? Michael, Michael, Michael. I think we've learned our lesson, my friend. Um, I I just looked like 30 minutes ago. I did see what you saw, Michael. I saw that there were there was more wind on Friday afternoon, but it was like 10 miles an hour, which I did not think warranted a stack. Who are the most own who are the most ownership percentage? Says ask me. Maybe I should ask you. That's your name. I ask you. You you answer the questions. Uh, I have Morikawa, Kokrak, JT, Answer, Keegan, and Sam Burns as like the likely 20% or more crew. And then uh, Victor, Russell, and uh, Louis Ustazen close behind. Then there's a kind of a gap there. Whoops. Sorry. I knew I was going to do that. I was sharing the wrong tab if you're watching on YouTube. I knew I was going to do that. Sorry. Sorry. I'm working on it. Okay, that was me chugging water. I hope everyone was fine with that. My wife probably hated that moment. Okay, can you rank Hovland, Thomas, Thomas, and Morikawa? Um, we are splitting hairs here, right? Like we are very much splitting hairs. I think I would go Victor. I would go Colin, and then I would go Justin. Is probably the way that that I would do that. Um, the reason being. Victor's the best ball striker on planet earth right now. And the around the green areas for uh, the Copperhead course are, are, are probably easier than he's seen in the last two weeks. Morikawa is um, special, right? I mean, he can just, he might, he might dismantle this thing and he might dismantle the fives. And then JT, I have a little bit concerned. I, I, like I obviously love the ball striking. The concerns are the putter and the concerns are when Justin Thomas is off with the driver. Um, He's way off, and that is trouble around here. So I'm a little bit worried about that. <laughs> Rick, hilarious how you're incorporating Mark's wrong accent into your recent content. Oh, you mean wrong? Uh, my wife doesn't think it's funny when I say it a hundred times a day. B-ball video a must. I don't even know what that means. This one just says, bro, fits. Don't know what that means either. Can you take a quick look at Austin Cook? Oh my God. We have not had an Austin Cook question in... Uh, ever even in this is Austin cook in this field did he get in this field late hold on a second let me find him did he even get in this field austin cook all right so here's what we've got on austin cook here share my screen share this tab um here's his last 50 rounds losing across the board let's go to his last 20 is that any better oh it's worse uh i don't know what we could possibly say about Austin cook that has anyone remotely excited about it. I think we'll be taking a pass here. What are the highest odds you would bet in a head to head matchup? Varner has Fangel has Varner at minus two thirty five over Affy Barnrat. There is probably very few situations in which the actual odds of a golfer on the PGA tour over another golfer is, is minus two thirty five. And it's probably not Varner versus Affy Barnrat. Um, Kieran at Monday qualified into this, right? So he's obviously playing well. I do like Varner, but minus 235 implies what? He wins it 70% of the time. That's not going to happen. He may be, I, I just, it's too much, too much, too much, too much, too much. 
Good afternoon, Rick. Andy is the man. So glad you guys teamed up. Deuce emoji. Who is the most surprising DFS chalk of the week? I think it's still Coke Rack. Um, I get it, but I I basically prefer all the other chalk over Coke Rack. It's fine, but that's probably the most surprising. Uh, okay, so Chris says, hey, Rick, love the show. Could you possibly run a model using the best players for par threes over 200 yards or just give me the best at par five, just over 200. Just, I could run it or I could just give it to you, Chris. I, I don't know. Which one would you actually prefer? Um, I will direct you to my run good rundown. There's a link in the description. I list out the top five players on par threes uh, in this field that are over 190 yards. Uh, so go there. And then what I'm planning on doing. So I don't know if you guys realize this, but if you're a subscriber to rickrungood.com, you know there's always updates going on. I have now. Thank you to the PGA Tour. Uh, I've been collecting every single scorecard for the history of time since they've started tracking it. And it's a lot of freaking data, as you can imagine. But I will start to have where you can do that on the website. Hey, give me par threes over X. Give me par fives under whatever. You'll be able to see everything, how many you want to go back. Uh, it's a ton of data. You guys will love it. Sign up, blah, blah, blah. Good evening, Richard. <laughs> Is Kazire still playing army golf off the TM concerned? He won't be able to avoid making a big number. Well, you're certainly not wrong about that. Uh, what do you make? 10 birdies in the final round and shot five under at TPC Sawgrass because he's kind of all over the place. So yeah, he is still 173rd in driving accuracy, which is, I assume what you refer to when you say army golf, you mean left, right, left, right, left, right. Yeah, I got you. I'm feeling you, brother. Um, the good news is, the only scenario in which you would want to deploy Kazire is probably DFS and probably first round leader, something like that, right? Like any way, any such scenario in which a guy making 10 birdies in a round is overly advantageous to you, that is how you would like to deploy Pat and Kazire. I like to play a top 40 long shot, says Dan Kelly. Dan Kelly, and with that avatar, do I know you, Dan? Did we do I know you, Dan? Or are you just like a random, a random Dan Kelly? Sometimes that happens. Sometimes my friends will come in and like post something. Um, okay. I, I want to play a long shot of Richie Warinsky at plus 400. Is that a brutal opinion? I don't know yet. Let's look. So here's Richie. Oh boy. It ain't pretty Dan, maybe Dan Kelly. 131st in driving accuracy, outside the top 130 in basically every single approach bucket, outside the top 100 in birdie or better and putts per round and strokes game putting and three-putt avoidance and outside the top 200 in strokes game total. And he's missed seven of his last eight cuts. Jeez, Dan, why did you pick this guy, Dan? Like, There's a million golfers in the field this week. I don't know. That seems, it seems like you should be getting 40 to one, not 400 to one. Hey, Rick, your favorite golfer between 7.5 and 7.9 K and your favorite golfer. Oh, wow. Between 7,000 and 7,400. This is a well thought out question. This is a very, looking for a very specific answer here. All right. So seven, 75 to 79. So that is Hadwin to Molinari. So I guess, I guess in a vacuum, it's Hadwin. Um, I don't mind Molinari one bit. This is probably one of the better setups for him. And his result 
uh, a 40 second players championship. Like he played a lot better than that. So I would probably go those two and then 7,000 to 7,400. So that's about Denny doc Lonto down to Kucher Ryder, Emiliano, those guys. Um, I'm always a sucker for Laird, kind of that team team no putty, such a horrible putter. But I think the right answer is probably Svensson. 72, high upside, lot to play for. Love it. I lost my spot in the chat. Sorry, guys. Hold on. I'm trying to get back to it. Okay, so I think I'm right here. Uh, hey, Rick, thoughts on Sink? He plays well at Carolina courses. Marry one night stand. Kill. Oh, geez. The schedule, uh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Marry one night stand or kill. U.S. weather delay, the Asian events, or the Euro weeks. Wow, holy crap. So I guess I'm going to have to marry the Euro weeks because that's the Scottish and the British Open. Uh, one night stand with the Asian events, they're so good. And we obviously kill the U.S. weather delay. That's the easiest one ever. And no, I'm not playing sync. Uh, as a new, says Sam, listener and subscriber, I thoroughly enjoy your content. Thank you. Could you deep dive Scott Piercy and give your opinion on his play or on his personality? You know, there is, um, I will not out the person who, who, who sent this to me, but, um, listen, Scott Piercy doesn't have the greatest reputation around. And, uh, as some of you may know, as we were getting down to the cut line, he, was like two over or two or three under par, got to 17, put a couple in the water, just absolutely punted himself away out of the tournament and got all the plus twos in. And a text, I got a text that said, Scott Piercy couldn't happen to a nicer guy, which is kind of the way I think a lot of people felt about that. Sorry, Scott. Um, all right. So here's the deep dive on Piercy. Again, we're probably going to have to, oh man, this is not good. I don't care about the players' championship because I know those are water balls, but how is Scott Piercy losing four, two, 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 seven strokes on approach? He's a great approach player, or at least when he's at his best, he is. Look at this. This has got to be one of the worst stretches of golf ever, and I guess he's putting a little bit better, but these are red, red flags, Sean. When, you're, when you lose your best asset, uh, you're usually in big trouble, and that's a situation we've got with Piercy here four days at API four long days. The players, are you looking at guys differently than those who haven't played as much? Probably not farmer John, just because um, we have a situation here where if they're playing, they're probably fine to play, right? This is uh, you had your chance to withdraw using the players championship as a excuse was the perfect excuse to withdraw. Even the guy who's won this event twice, Paul Casey, give me Paul Casey has withdrawn from this event. Right. And he's like, should be playing this event more than most. So uh, I'm assuming if they haven't withdrawn, they're fine because there was a great excuse to do it. Wow. Johnny, happy hump day, Rick. Can you do a deep dive on Kelly Craft? We are in the weeds, my friends. Uh, we are doing Scott Piercy. We're doing Kelly Craft. What was the other one? Austin Cook. We are, we are in it right now. Okay. Here we go, Johnny. Here's Kelly Craft. I'm going to warn you, it's probably not pretty. It's, it's not T 50 at the Puerto Rico open. He gained a stroke there played well at, at Pebble beach, six strokes there on the plus side outside of that. It's ugly, man. It's ugly. And it's ugly across the board. A uh, little bit of a good putting situation. Has he ever played Valspar before? He has 
four times, best finish T31, missed the cut last year. I can't find your reason to play him. Doesn't look good to me. Hey, Rick. I have a few lineups in a large GPP on DraftKings, and I'm ending up leaving about $1,500. Is that wise? Yes. Sure. Listen, the, the optimal last week, the softest pricing ever, right? The Players' Championship, the optimal was 47000 So you're at $48,500. Uh, you're fine. Every week, if you want to leave $1,500, you're fine. It doesn't matter. You're fine. Hey, Rick, I know you're not a big fan of the proximity numbers, but you've been including them in the models lately. I have been. Do you focus on how many feet from the pin or do you also look at their numbers to par? Uh, I would prefer par, right? I mean, the proximity numbers are fine, but there are there's flaws in that too, right? Because if you get a guy who's constantly hitting it to 25 feet but making more putts than not, he should not be punished uh, for the guy who is hitting it to eight and then missing the putt. So I... Um, Numbers, number to par is better. What you're actually going to have on the, on rickrungood.com soon is you're going to have strokes gained. Yes, friends, I have the strokes gained per hole for every hole ever. It's magnificent. So what you'll have is uh, like you could do strokes gains for par threes over 190 or something like that. Hope this makes sense, says Robert, which is always a good way to start a question. On DraftKings, what is a good return on salary for golfers four times, five times, or does that not really matter in golf? If it does, is there somewhere to see how each golfer does? So I generally think this doesn't matter in golf, like in basketball or in football, where there are kind of closer to target scores. That's one thing. But what you're going to find is the scoring so different. You know, US Open versus the Shriners are completely different. If you want to actually see the numbers, um, you can go to the Holy Grail, go to the fantasy tab. You can see the average value for every single golfer. So, for example, Justin Thomas on average, um, well, let's do the last couple of years, 2022 and 2021, averaging about 8.1 times uh, his salary. Victor Hovland, 8.8. Colin Morikawa, 8.4. Uh, obviously, the lower price guys might pop up more often. So, you get Jason Kokrak, 9.1. Um, you can go through and see this. It's a Interesting exercise. I don't think it's perfect. The more events that you go through, the better it probably comes. Okay. So this is a question that comes up quite a bit. Uh, in the custom model, there is not currently a way to press the lock button, but there's a little secret that I tell people that uh, seems to work. So because in the custom model, you can manually edit values for golfers change the golfers that you want to lock in, change their value to something outrageous like 999. And what that will actually do is it'll trick the optimizer into saying, oh, wow, he's like the best play ever. I'm just going to stick him in every single lineup. If you do that, that's how people have found a way to, um, to kind of rig that until I get a lock button in there. Rick, who lives near Copperhead? <laughs> Two weeks ago, hadn't finished second at a course he lives near. Last week, Cam Smith first uh, lives near a course... I don't know who lives near Tampa. Those are those are fake things, but I do appreciate the comment. Thank you, Danny. Okay, I actually do like Troy Merritt. There's a question from Michael here. Hey, can you do a deeper dive on Troy Merritt? And who's your number one and two in the 7K range? I think I already did that, but I'll do the Troy Merritt stuff because um, I think what you'll find is that Merritt's probably been better than you would think. So here's Troy Merritt's uh, golfer profile. And I don't love the way his statistical, statistical profile is showing up, but what I do like is this. So he goes fourth at Phoenix, which is a great result. 38th at, at uh, uh, excuse me, 
Fourth at Pebble Beach. 38th at Phoenix, which is a stacked field. He missed the cut at Riviera. Fine. Then he made the cut at both the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the Players' Championship. Two very, very uh, hard courses, strong fields. And now you get him in a much weaker field on a golf course that he finished top 10 at last year. Finished 8th in 2021, 6th in 2015. I don't think he's safe, Michael, but I'm actually quite on board with this Troy Merritt deep flyer situation. Rick, who are your popular bold fades? This is like... This is like me stepping into the trap here, right? Like, like, oh, who's the guy you think? Who's the most popular guy, best golfer that you think is going to stink? And then he wins the golf tournament, and I look like a clown. Um, Tintin says, I believe Hovland is great, but everyone will be on him. So, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll play the game. I'll play the game. So, let's look at this together. Obviously, the caveats are this golfer could win the golf tournament. But my boldest fade. Oh God, this is gonna this is gonna be miserable. This is gonna be miserable. Uh, Justin Thomas. I mean, like here here's the concerns, right? If JT doesn't putt well, he he finishes like T12, okay, which would be great because he he didn't putt well, he finishes T12. There's a scenario in which he doesn't putt well and he's the big miss off the tee. And now he's finishing T37. Like, that's what I think is Flores. Even if he plays horrible, which is what both of those things happening would be, terrible off the tee or wide off the tee, and he doesn't putt, he finishes like T37. Uh, so so don't, like, come back when he finishes top 25 or T22 and be like, oh, you were wrong, Rick. Like, no, that's the floor. That's the floor. But that's that's honestly the path that I think about. You know, I think it's hard for Victor to play himself out of it in a big way, just like around and on the greens. I think it's hard for Morikawa just because he's so good in the ball striking. Xander is so well rounded. It's hard to imagine him really balking. I guess DJ would be the other option here um, because his results have been so volatile, but maybe just, maybe just those two thoughts on the courses selected for the Saudi tour in the United States. Any backlash possible? Well, I don't think they have any issues with backlash because these were places that, you know, weren't going to get, um, they weren't going to get PGA tour events anyway. Right. The Trump bed, Minster is on there. And we know he's been trying to get back into golf since they moved the PGA championship away and whole, you know, he's got no problem with the Saudis and, um, a couple of other courses I think are interesting, but they're not really like PGA venues. So I don't think there's going to be any backlash or blowback. I just think they're, I just think they're courses. Um, which is kind of interesting. I think I, I was t- I was saying this on the first cut. If you made me bet right now, I want the odds of they play these eight events and they don't play any more events. I I honestly think that's what's going to happen. Good afternoon, Rick. Does the potential of high ownership on a golfer actually drive the ownership down by the start of the tournament? Anyone at risk of that this week? Yeah, this is a great question. So there is definitely a situation where projected ownership becomes aware. Okay. And I've talked about this before, but probably not that often. Um, and what will happen is someone will be projected at like 29% ownership. They'll be the most popular play and they'll come in at like 18. And then everyone will be like, what happened? You blew it. And it's like, yeah, maybe I blew it. But at the same time, like ownership becomes aware. People see that and then they change what they're doing. I don't think we have a threat of that this week. Cause I don't think there's any like clear cut, uh, amazing, highly projected uh, play. And also with the short turnaround, I don't think we have as much time for everything to marinate and everything to linger. 
Hey, Rick, your website is the nuts. Thank you, Michael. And he has Denny McCarthy high in his model. What are your thoughts on him? Let's do the old Den Den deep dive. Denny. Okay. Here's Denny's, here's Denny's golfer profile. I'm a little bit um, indifferent, quite honestly. Uh, the good news about Denny is he's kind of very much on brand. Riding the putter, although it hasn't been great in the last two weeks and even in three of the last four, hasn't been all that great. We're not seeing many gains in other places. Let me look at some of his other metrics here. I guess uh, the accuracy is probably his best attribute. 32nd on tour in driving accuracy. You add the putter into it. It's fine. It's fine, Michael. I'm I'm lukewarm. I'm not. I'm probably not as excited about as uh, excited about him as Andy is, but that's okay. From a betting standpoint, how would you set up a tournament card as far as number of winners, top tens, top twenties? Um, I actually have a video on this, Jason. It's called uh, "How to Build a Betting Card, Golf Betting Card, Something Like That." It's on my YouTube channel. I do it via how much I want to risk and how much I want to win. And that kind of dictates how many guys I'm going to be betting in general. It is about five to six golfers. I think this week I've got, um, seven, but that includes like a Victor FOMO bet, you know, family and friends, which is like, I bet Victor every single week. I don't really count that as part of my card. Uh, but outside of him, I think I've got six, I think I've got six other golfers. Any WDs you are expecting? Didn't want to get burned this week like we did with Decky. Uh, no, I believe. I, I mean, listen, the, the WDs that are were going to happen for fatigue have already happened. Um, I I I don't have a way of knowing if there's going to be any more coming. I would doubt it, but hey, you never really know. I've answered a lot of these, so I'm going to roll on here for a bit. Rick, my man, you know I love. A good Rick run, good golfer uh, profile headshot. Can my man Cam Smith get an update? <laughs> There's a lot of really bad ones. So I, I do have to update these. Uh, let's look at Cam Smith here. So Cam Smith. Yeah, his head, his headshot is pretty old, I believe. Let's watch. Yeah, that's not great. It's pre-mullet. It's pre-mustache. Victor's is always always makes me laugh too. I'm pretty sure he's wearing his Oklahoma State stuff in it. Yeah, he's wearing his Oklahoma State stuff in it. Um, there's a couple of other good ones too. Morikawa's is kind of like his very, it's like his from his very first start ever, I believe. Look how young he looks. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta do a headshot update. What I want to do is, so I don't know if you guys remember, there was a spot on, I don't remember what they did on, but they had these like really cool photos of the guys like cross arms like staring into the camera for the players championship that i want those for the website those were sick i've answered a lot of these i'm going to keep going um i talked about wesley Bryant. so i did a twitter space uh with the pga tour earlier this week and wesley Bryan came up and uh, I'm not super bullish on Wesley Bryan, but I will say that if there if there was a spot for him, this is probably one of the better spots for him. What do we know about Wesley? Very accurate off the tee, not very long, very good on approach, and he can get a hot putter at times. Um, that's the only path for him, and luckily that path aligns with what we're going to see this week. So I'm, and I believe it's his last start uh, with a major medical to earn enough points. So. 
I imagine he's going to be firing darts or going to be trying to be. I think you're going to get high upside, uh, low floor, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not super optimistic, but if you said, give me the five spots on tour for Wesley Bryan, this would probably be one of them. <laughs> Dan Kelly, let me know that. Uh, no, we do not know each other. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Uh, okay. My card this week. All right, Daniel, you got me. I don't know how this happened. I don't like to share. I, I usually don't tell, like, you'll never see me post my bets anywhere because it shouldn't matter. Right. Who I bet is completely different than who you guys should bet. But, um, I don't know how I got into this habit of sharing my card. So here, here's where we're at this week. Uh, Victor's on the card, obviously. Okay. So Dustin Johnson, I did it. I pulled the trigger. Uh, Keegan Bradley, 38 to one. Bubba Watson, 50 to one. Alex Noren, 55. Adam Hadwin, 58. Aaron Wise, 67. So there you go. Family and friends, Victor and Aaron Wise. And I went with guys that I liked this week. I got a number, I got 16 on DJ and I got like a bunch of 50s on the other guys. So there we go. Um, Just reading through some of these. Uh, I like Dylan Wu, Sean. I don't know what the FanDuel pricing is, but Dylan Wu is a fairly solid golfer. Um, I can pull up his his uh, golfer profile here. I like Dylan Wu. He's um he's fiery, man. He's really really fiery. Top thirty at the at the player or at the Honda Classic. Uh, won at the end of of kind of last year on the on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's a real fiery guy. I like that. I have no idea what's going on with Webb Simpson, Lincoln. Yeah, I, I I guess I'm not worried about his injury. I mean, he's playing, right? Wouldn't be playing if he was really banged up. I um, I, I was exchanging messages with with someone I respect, and it was a lot of like, hey, should we just bet this like Webb Simpson 60 to 1 thing? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I mean, like if, if he is legit healthy, that number is three times too long. I have no idea how healthy he is. Like, right. If he's 50%, 80%, 90, like I have no idea, but that is, um, it's a little worrisome. <laughs> That's what I should do. If you win, you get a headshot update. Hey, Rick, great show. Better finish this week. Streelman or wise. Oh, I like wise, but it's probably Streelman, man. I don't know. Let's, let's look at Streelman real quick. Let's look at Streelman. He's been good been good here let's look at this together okay so here's streelman couple of pops t16 at the honda t22 at the players championship missed cuts around it i'm worried that he's lost strokes on approach in four out of five that's usually a much better aspect of his game that's worrisome yeah this is actually quite a worrisome profile for for kevin streelman let's see his valspar stuff really quickly whoops there we go i think he's been yeah, he's got the win and then, you know, four out of his last five. All right, I'm out on I'm out on Streelman. Let's go wise. Let's go wise and hope he hope he loses a stroke putting. That would be fine and dandy. Hey Rick, rate Wow, we are down. We are down here. Cam Percy, Bryce Garnett, Wes Bryan, Tyler Duncan, Jimmy Walker, Bill Haas. Wow. Garrett. What are we doing, friend? Um, I would say Duncan, Garnett, Percy, Brian, Haas, Walker. Whew. 
Has there been a mention of the length of rough? Uh, I can probably find that for you. If you let me vamp for a second, I could probably find out for you. David, David, you're such a good guy. I'm vamping, I'm vamping, I'm vamping. Rough is three inches. Hey, Rick, just check the forecast, and it's showing winds increasing 15 to 20 miles an hour in the afternoon with gusts up to 30 while the morning shows 5 to 10. Interesting. That's not what I saw. Um, I will check it again tonight, and if there seems to be a, a significant wave advantage, maybe I'll build a couple teams in that way. What's up, Rick? Does Russell Knox, is Russell Knox a better choice than Norin here? I'm pretty partial to Norin, but I, I respect what Knox is able to, to do. Knox is recent form. He's kind of course fit. He's played well enough here. Uh, but I just really like that the grind aspect of Norin, what he's done in 2022 is phenomenal on approach. I'm just, I'm a Norin guy this week. So I rate Norin on a relative scale, like, 85 out of 100 this week, and Russell Knox is like a 75. Like, Russell Knox is still great, but um, I like Norin a little bit more. Okay, I'm getting to the end of these questions, so I'm going to go back because I thought there was a couple of other maybe interesting ones that I thought were going to take a while to answer. Okay, we can do the Cameron Tringale stuff. That came up a, a, a bit. So let me pull him up here because we went from talking about Cameron Tringale a lot to talking about him none whatsoever. So let me pull him up really quick here and uh see what he's been up to and i'm pretty sure it's ugly yeah okay so wow loses five strokes off the tee at the players again i can probably forgive that but he lost five strokes off the tee at the arnold palmer invitational what's happening um i could go back maybe what i'll do is go back and look the only saving grace well, no, that's not even really saving grace. I'll, I'll finish that thought. I was going to say the only saving grace is if Cameron Tringali was losing a bunch of strokes because he was hitting balls into the water at at these courses off the tee, and he was just piling up, you know, three bad swings and you lose six strokes or something like that. Um, the other, the problem is though, if you are that wild enough to find water at Bay Hill and Sawgrass, you're going to be in the trees here. So that is terribly concerning. And also, he has lost the putter. This is a very, very strange set of results for Cameron Tringali. It doesn't make me all that, all that optimistic. Is bogey avoidance or birdies are better the preferred stat to lean on here after approach and driving accuracy? So I would say approach. I would actually say, so this is one of the few weeks that I think good drive percentage is kind of interesting. So good drive percentage is, uh, oh boy, I'm going to screw this up. It is the percentage of time you either hit the fairway or hit the green or fringe in regulation. So it essentially says, okay, you hit the fairway, that counts for you. Or if you miss the fairway, you were still in a position to be able to hit the green or hit the fringe. It's basically like you didn't hit it such, you didn't hit such a bad drive that you played yourself out of the hole. That's basically what good drive percentage is saying. And I like to use it on weeks where, you have kind of dog leggy situations. You have tree lined fairways. You have um, uh, an incentive to be closer to the fairway than most weeks. Some weeks you just blast it into the rough and you find your way out eventually. I like using good drive percentage. Uh, as far as bogey avoidance or birdie or better, bogey avoidance is fine. This is kind of like death by a, a thousand paper cuts. So bogey avoidance is, is fine. Do you only do winner bets or do you only do top tens? Uh, so it's kind of weird here in Vegas. Uh, the 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 options are highly regulated, and they are often what you see is by far the best market 
is Circa's outright market. Um, so that's generally where I'm putting in a lot of the outrights. What you'll also see me do is a lot of um, matchups. Matchups and then like Sunday morning, I'll flip over to Caesars and see what their live stuff is and kind of go from there is generally how I how I go about go about doing it. Without considering ownership, Kisner, Webb, Bradley, or Woodland. I think it's fairly objectively Keegan. Um, and I think most people would have to agree with that. What he did last week, he's been better with the putter as of late. The result last year, I think it's objectively Keegan. Then maybe Kisner. I mean, the web stuff, I have no idea about. Um, That might be it. That might be it. There's a couple questions about Kramer Hickok, which I'm generally pretty warm on Kramer. Let's see what he's been doing. Because when he's playing his best, he's playing out of the fairway. Let's see what he's been up to. So let's see. Um, Whoops, I scrolled too far. Driving accuracy, 47th distance, 166. That's kind of what you would want to see here. Approach play has been fine around the green. Okay. I wouldn't mind this because his around the green play has been horrendous. But again, as I kind of mentioned, I think it's a lot easier around the greens here than um, maybe some of these places that he, like he loses five shots around the green at Genesis. Yeah. I'd lose about 50 around the green at Genesis. It's kind of tough. Phoenix is weird too. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that Kramer Hickok situation. All right. Here's the deal. Uh, there is another live chat tonight. It's the Jock Market Power Hour. It's at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time, Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Uh, Joe Idonia and myself will give away a little bit of money. We'll talk through the IPO. We'll get you in the stock market DFS. It'll be an absolute blast. Outside of that, um, thanks for bearing with me on a short week. I know it's weird. I know the schedule is all over the place. You throw in the March Madness stuff, and it's even harder. So I, I appreciate uh, everybody hanging with me. Next week's going to be weird, too. Because we've got the match play that starts on Wednesday. I love the match play more than anything. I'm going to have so much nerdy stuff for you guys. It's going to blow your freaking mind. Additionally, I think that's it. I really appreciate you guys hopping on um, and supporting. I know you could do anything with your time and you're here. Thank you very much and um, have a good day.